0: Welcome back to the Speaker podcast, today's episode is with Irina, the Vice President and Isi Lauder, we spoke everything about her international experience from Russia to France, her MBA studying at Seattle. moreover her professional career, she likes to share and support young people as a mentor, I still remember what she said, being open to trying things and you can figure out what you like. I hope you will enjoy this episode. Thank you so much for coming to our podcast.
1: Hi Lydia, I'm doing very
0: well and thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you so much for coming again. So can you introduce yourself to our audience and also maybe use three keywords to conclude yourself? No,
1: <laughs> I'm Yes, of course. Um, so my name is Irina Kulikova. I'm currently a vice president uh, of uh, strategy and corporate initiatives at Estelauder. But if I tell you like a couple of words uh, about myself, I'm Russian. I was born in Moscow. I, um, I've been pursuing quite an international career, like working mainly for the international companies. And I was traveling quite extensively, you know, throughout different countries and also working for the, for the different companies in these different countries. And if you ask me about the three words, uh, well, I would say passionate because I really like to um, pursue like the career and the areas that makes me feel like passionate about this. Then curious, because I like to discover new things. And 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 that's not just about work. I mean, it's like about my day-to-day life. but Also, of course, um, work in, in the work environment, I'm very much interested to, to learn new things all the time. And then I think... The third would be like empathetic and the team player because my team is always like super important for me. And I am so investing so much time in in coaching people around me and helping them to professionally grow and develop. And this is like a big part of my life because I also used to do like some lectures at the universities and I used to have like mentors that I was helping to, to, to grow and develop. So all these elements. Somehow, I just I just feel like I have experience that I can share, and that was and that's something that makes me, you know, push this area of of uh, of, of my personality further and and also continue doing this at every single workplace that I, I am.
0: Oh, that's really cool! And I remember that you said you are from Russia. So, what made you come to Paris or come to France?
1: Somehow, I always had a lot of connection with France because many years ago I had an exchange program from my university and that's the first time where I actually lived in Paris and I spent several months here as as a student and and back then it was like really interesting because there was an opportunity to travel everywhere, to to discover different countries in Europe. I think with my fellow uh, students who were coming on the same program, like every single weekend we were going somewhere and and that was so exciting, again, like that that actually for, for my curiosity, I, I, I visited so many countries where i never been before. And then after this, I was coming back to Paris like almost every single year, just like for a couple of weeks because I felt like a strong connection with the city. I almost feel like it's a second home after Moscow from the perspective that I know so well the city and, and I have quite some people here that I know and then also I did my MBA at INSEAD, which I spent most time on the Singapore, but then still I spent quite some time in, in Paris. And somehow I, I was just keep on coming back after INSEAD as well, um, you know, to, to Paris all the time. So there's a lot of connections well, between me and like Paris, and it really feels great like being back here.
0: That's really cool. And as you use Korean to conclude yourself, so can you tell us more about your professional career experience?
1: Of course. I started my career in L'Oreal many, many uh, years ago. That was my first job. I worked in trade marketing. That was like the first discovery also of the beauty industry back then. But then after a couple of years, I decided to, uh, to continue my studies because before that I, I got my bachelor's degree, but I, also, I, I always had this feeling that I also wanted to get the master's. And this is where I left the company, I continued my studies. And then afterwards I was managing together with uh, with a friend of mine from the university, own like small business in Moscow, which was in collaboration with an international consulting company, but in the area of uh, human resources, like people development. And so I was doing quite a lot of trainings and management and leadership back then. Like we did quite some projects with the companies to focus specifically on people, But back then, I had this feeling that I was missing a bit more um, understanding of the strategic elements, you know, everything that you can get in the strategic consulting. And and after a couple of years of managing this business, I decided to join Bain. And um, that was a very long-term journey for me because I spent 10 years in the company, even though there were some moments where, for instance, I left for one year, I went to INSEAD, then I also spent several months in South Africa working for, for a start for a fashion, uh, startup there. And but still then I came back to, to Bain and, and I continued my career at Bain. And there was also a moment when I spent uh, several months at Shell as, as, as an externship, because at Bain there was this amazing opportunity, you know, to uh, to go outside the company for several months, being fully supported by uh, by Bain people. And working for the client as, as as you were basically the normal employee of the client. So that was also quite an interesting experience for me because I was helping Shell in, in shaping their strategy for Russia. And actually, the reason it was Shell is that back then, I was working quite a lot on oil and gas company uh, projects. And that's quite interesting because, I mean, in reality, once you join consulting, like you don't have any um, specialization straight away. So you're more generalist and, and you have an opportunity to try a lot of different industries a lot of different type of projects so that was exactly my path even though at the beginning when I joined I, I mean I was working like finance and then I was working in uh, in consumer goods again because that's where my well knowledge and experience was from from L'Oreal time but then after INSEAD I worked a lot on gas companies and that actually led me to, to Shell then after Shell I came back and then I actually went to London where I worked again on on the healthcare projects you know like some something like very very different, and after I came back from um, after I came back from from London, this is where I started to specialize more actually on consumer and retail, consumer goods and retail. And then I continued my career at Bain. I became manager, like senior manager, like focusing on this specific area. And then um, I'm, I also worked in, in Moscow. But then I also worked quite a lot in Middle East. My last uh, couple of years at Bain were like in Middle East. So. Afterwards, I uh, I uh, left Maine and, and I joined the Lauder in December 2020. So this is where I am now. Yeah, Alice, I see you have a question.
2: Yes, thank you for sharing so much. And uh, from your career experience, like I, I we can see you uh, switched between a lot of industries, from uh, consulting to healthcare and to skincare, like that. So how did you manage to... Um, to, to to challenge yourself so much and how, how did you manage to jump between different industries?
1: I think that's where my curiosity was always helping me and I was always interested in learning new things. But also there's one thing that you learn in consulting pretty quickly is that you need to understand things like super fast because your project might be in completely different industries. And then you take like the first couple of weeks like really understand what the industry is about and i think after some time like you also learn to do it quickly right because it's at the beginning it seems to be super difficult like you you look oh, okay now i'm i'm working on finance industry how do they organize what they do like what's the market etc cetera, etc cetera. but then once you move ahead you you realize like i mean from from the structural perspective things that you need to learn they're pretty much the same across the industries and despite of the fact that there are differences i mean like there's of course like um, consumer business, or there's like B2B, etc. But there's still a lot of similarities because the business is business. The PL is p l like, you know, despite of the fact that there are like different elements of this. So yeah, you invest time. It's it's quite demanding um, in consulting to, to learn these things quickly. And this is why it's consulting career is probably not for everyone, right? Because I know that not everyone is capable, well, would say it's not even capable but it's just like people are so different you know for some people it's more important you know to focus on one thing and like really dig into this and and become like a true expert in consulting is not the case like yes you become an expert but you're still much less an expert as a person who worked in the same industry for 15 years or what you learn is actually how you can leverage this expertise of our other people to understand to, to get a good level of understanding of the industry and see like the right patterns and the right elements, for example, that you need to change in the company or that you need to help them to develop. So it's 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 a different set of skills that you learn, but that allows you also to adapt and integrate in any industry like quickly.
0: Thank you so much. And moreover, as you said, you live in Moscow, Paris, South Africa, and then moved to London. So you really have a rich international experience. I'm wondering, like, what did you learn from your international
1: experience? I think INSEAD was, like, the greatest school for me in that sense from international experience perspective. Because if you know a bit about INSEAD, it's, it's, uh, it's always tries to, to bring people from different parts of the world. So it's, it's you know, like it's such an international crowd and you cannot imagine. And even if you are based in one place, like let's say Singapore, but there are people from all over the Europe, from US, from Africa, from Australia, from everywhere. And you understand how different we are, you know, in terms of culture and like, because we were all like growing like even watching different cartoons, you know, like and having different food habits, like different family festivities, like occasions, et cetera. And sometimes it's not that easy to find a common ground, you know, then we have a discussion about the project or something. So so that was truly like a super helpful school for me to to understand this more. Because even if I think like about my first experience and I just first moved to Paris, I still was spending a lot of time with my fellow students from Russia, you know, like we were traveling together, we look, you know, all together. Of course we were learning a bit the culture, but still not to the same extent as I, as I learned in, in by being surrounded by people from different nationalities. And what I actually learned as well, you have to be very much flexible. You, of course you can have a certain opinion, but you need to listen a lot to people and you need to start understand how they, how they operate. We had, these great classes about the organization behaviors in in INSEAD. You know, this is where you also start like appreciating the differences between people and learn how to um, how to manage how to navigate all these differences to the benefit, not to um, and not to create like unnecessary conflicts.
0: Yeah, I really agree with what you said. I really feel like international experience experience can really teach people how to respect the different culture and like a better to get along with the different people. That's really important for not only for your work, but also in your life. That's really interesting.
1: Absolutely. And maybe Lydia, I will add one thing. Actually, the more you open to this, the more great discoveries you do for yourself. You know, starting from like amazing food that you can discover, then actually your like people of from other nationalities like shows you or, or you can travel somewhere and people will show you like these hidden places in, in in other countries and they will tell you about like some interesting things that that are happening in their countries which you never even thought about so that's that's truly amazing yes mm-hmm. alex
2: <laughs> thank you uh i'm just wondering do you have any interesting experience uh in terms of the cultural difference or uh something like that because <laughs> I, I'm really curious. It's it's very interesting for me because I'm I'm a culture lover. I also like to learn from other cultures and uh, also from movie or talk with different people. So yeah. I I do agree. Like uh, things happening in other countries is really interesting. And um, yeah, I'm just curious if you have anything interesting to share with us.
1: Yeah, I mean, like I have I have interesting things. Like some of them that were work related, but some just purely you know, interesting discoveries for myself, which I never thought about. Like, if I think about work, for instance, at some point, being with Vane, I moved to uh, to London for for six, seven, six, seven months. And I've been working with a team in London, and, and there were like British people in my team. And being Russian, I am quite direct, I would say, even though Russia is not like a super direct culture but it's much much more direct than, than UK you know and, and then I provide feedback I'm not trying to to make it like sugar coating you know like I really like a constructive feedback I'm always constructive I'm I'm not uh, let's say saying something that I cannot prove like with the facts and where I cannot suggest any like way out of, of the situation but somehow for British people there was too much and, and I was getting like this feedback that, you know, I was I was too harsh on them, like almost like the perception was like me being like really super harsh. Well, I thought that I was just giving a constructive feedback. And the other thing what I noticed with uh, people from Japan, for example, or, or not only from Japan, but in general, like in, in Asian culture, there is this culture of like saying yes, you know, to to to, to things. But then nothing happens sometimes (laughs) you know it's it's like and and it's nothing bad about this but it's it's more kind of I don't know like like when you're having a conversation it's like yes like we agreed but then you realize for example that for some reasons and that was like the inside experience the person couldn't do something because of uh, of anything but but there was no communication about this like from the very beginning that sorry I cannot meet this deadline it's just more like well yes I will do it and again, it's it's a very like much a cultural difference because if I'm saying yes, I expect like I will do this and, and that I will <laughs> I will actually come up with a certain things. Then there are a lot of other things, like you know, again, like with in Bain, I was doing quite a lot of trainings for the junior people from different countries and we're always in like different locations, etc. And then, for example, I never I never thought about this, I never knew about this like that. In India, for example, there are websites for the parents to make a match for for, for their like you know <laughs> for their kids. This is also something like exciting. It's not something that exists in Russia. But there's so many like different things that you just discover from different cultures. I mean, like I, I can talk about this endlessly. Like there there like the more people you meet from from different countries, the more discoveries you make for yourself. The more you understand like the difference. I mean. Even the simple things like Christmas in Europe, right, happens on the 24th, 20, uh, 25th of December. In Russia, it's six, seven of Jan. We we really celebrate much more New Year than Christmas. For us, like, yes, Christmas is very, let's say, uh, religious party. It's a uh, well, holiday, sorry. It's not something that we really, like, celebrate with lots of gifts, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. While in Europe, there's, there's a whole thing, like, around Christmas and celebrated before the New Year. So, Many, many things.
2: It is really, really interesting. Thank you so much. And I uh I also have something like similar for the um, multicultural uh working experience. Something like you mentioned, like at the very beginning I also have this kind of uh, problem of Asian culture. Like I, I pretend like I try to be very polite and humble, but at the same time, it's uh, my my team leader wanted me to be more aggressive. He said, Oh, yeah, you need to be more aggressive and speak out. And then, okay, yes, that's really true. Very interesting. Yeah, I mean, Thank you.
1: Very different. You have to take these things into account. And, and also, I mean, even simple things like, again, like I have a very international team now in uh, in Estee Lauder. Then you decide for lunch, I should take into account that, for example, are people like from, from India who are vegetarian, you know, and, and you have to respect this, this thing. Like so you always need to make sure that for instance, like you have um, the restaurant which provides this opportunity. Like it's just like in these small things, you always need to think about this.
2: Thank you, very interesting
0: that's really like very cool like sharing your experience of that like interesting like different culture that's really cool and moreover like let's talk about your current job so what's your current job
1: and what does your daily work look like so my current job um it's it's a bit of a continuation of what i've been doing in consulting before but now being on the on the client side right so i i always worked a lot on the strategy projects and and different types of like important initiatives for the companies, but from the consulting perspective, when you do it on the project basis, now I'm doing this actually on the permanent basis for one company and and I'm focusing on their strategy. And so it's not my day-to-day job, but once a year, for instance, I need to refresh like the strategy or develop the strategy depending on where we are moving. So, So that's the big piece of my work. But then on the top of this, there are all these like corporate initiatives where you actually need to, I mean, either you need to develop a new channel or you need to um you know like push like some transformation within the organization. Like all these projects, I um I need to make sure that it's properly set up, that there is a certain um movement happening within the company on this on this project. And then I'm normally I'm I'm either driving this project, so I'm part of the team on this project and i'm just helping to steer the things in the in the right direction but then on the top of this of course i have uh, some elements which are more operational which is about market intelligence consumer insights everything that actually helps you to inform the strategy and the decisions that the company uh, company made and in my role i also have a lot of interaction with um with the top management in the company basically which whenever there is a certain things where we need to make a certain decision or like, you know, we need to, to make a certain change. There's like a lot of conversations happening around this and I'm getting involved in, in majority of this, of this project. Yeah, that's really interesting.
0: And why did you choose to go to the beauty industry from the being like consulting company? Like, do you have any personal passion for these products?
1: I always had a personal passion for luxury and then the beauty industry is easy for me because I know it. I mean, after my work at L'Oreal, I, um, I also had a couple of vacations and work on the beauty products, uh, products afterwards as well. So I have a deep understanding of this industry. And it's actually, if you look at the Estee Lauder portfolio, it's very much about like the premium, the luxury uh, products and the luxury consumers. And that's something that I was also working quite a lot at uh, Bain because I was, I was really focusing on, on uh, luxury uh, elements apart from just like consumer and, and, and retail. So
0: like regarding the beauty industry, like what do you think is the biggest challenge for
1: the like, current beauty industry? Well, I mean, of course, the COVID was a challenge for everyone, right? And it still is because the level of uncertainty that we uh, face on a daily basis, it's, it's a huge challenge. And then if you think about this, um, you know, like with all this um, wearing masks, you know, people staying more home versus, um, versus going out, there are shifts in terms of consumption. So... For instance, when you, I mean, in the past, you know, like when people were going out a lot, there's like huge like, consumption of makeup, you know, everything like, I mean, lipstick, for example. With the masks, you know, the lipstick went completely down because, I mean, you don't wear lipstick when you when you basically wear a mask. And then if you work from home, like, well, yes, some people put this, but many people don't because like, you know, they're also like these amazing features in Zoom, which makes your skin like better or whatever. So like, so it's, it's all it's all changing um, a lot like this whole um, industry landscape from the product perspective but also imagine from the channel's perspective you know not only for the beauty industry but for everyone like online was accelerated so much comparing to everyone's expectations because like the whole planning before was like yes online will be developing but not that significant and with COVID it accelerated and then actually changes your business a lot from the perspective. I mean, like it's, 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 um, it's a shift of resources internally. It's also changing your supply chain, right? Because like in the past, like if you were working more like from the stores or like the wholesale channels, like with online, like growing, now you need to organize like this deliveries to, to your consumers. And, and that's like, that's very much, that's very much different. So, on the top of this, I would also mention um the shift in consumers, you know, like the generation shifts that everyone is talking about, like the Gen Z uh, like growing, etc. This is where you have to rethink, for example, the way you you promote your product, the way you advertise your product. I mean, of course, everyone shifted like the money in the digital space, but it's not only really about digital space, you know, like In the past, there was, for instance, like there was Instagram, there was Facebook, but now there's TikTok, which is actually growing significantly with the Gen Z specifically. So it's been very dynamic these years. And and I think for every single organization, you have to rethink a bit like your strategy. You have to rethink your focus. You have to think about the skills and capabilities which you have in in your company and how you're going to get them. And also, I mean, there is a huge competition for talents in the space, you know. because there are certain, certain roles, certain capabilities, which are becoming extremely like rare. Like It's difficult to find people, and there are a lot of companies competing for the same resource.
0: That's cool. So let's talk about your life outside of work. What do you like to do after
1: work? Um, I... I think it's it's been changing quite a lot with COVID as well. (laughs) So in the past, I would say, like, I still like it, but I'm not probably doing that that much. I spend a lot of time traveling. So, like, my work-life balance was the following. Like, I was working a lot during the week, but then I was trying to spend my weekends, like, outside traveling, meeting my INSEAD friends, then, you know, doing some active things like uh, dancing, sport, uh, karting, you know, like, all these type of things. Now, with COVID, things have changed a bit because, I mean, of course, after one year, then, you know, like one year and a half, almost like when we were not really like going out that much and plus the traveling became like a bit limited, I realized that I was spending quite a lot of time more like reading, you know, uh, like listening to audio books before I didn't have that much time for that. But I still like, for instance, you know, to um, to go out a lot, like go for a walk. In Paris, it's amazing, especially in the weather. It's like super nice. Like, you know, you can just walk around. I like meet, meeting friends. Um, I like traveling when when I can. And I'm, I'm still traveling quite a lot between Moscow and, and, and Paris for personal reasons. And uh, I like to spend time with my family. Um, my sister has two amazing like kids um like nieces i i love spending time with them i think that's that's one of the that's one of the big energy sources for me as well yes madam
3: uh, you'd mentioned in the beginning of the interview that you that you really love teaching and mentoring and that's something that you enjoy a lot are you still involved with that
1: yes i am like now i'm doing this with thing as the loader so um, I have a couple of mentees with whom I'm, I'm spending quite a lot of time. And, and actually, there's also my uh, my team, my regularly mentor and, and help them to, to develop and grow because they're quite junior. And for some of them, actually, the moment I joined, they joined like their roles pretty much in the same time. So they were doing something else before that. So for them, it was like also a development opportunity. So I... Um, I invested quite some time also like helping them to, to grow and become more independent and I'm super happy about the results that they that see. On the top of this, when I was at Bain, um, I used to, to go regularly to INSEAD, we, there, was, there was this master strategist day that um, Bain developed together with, um, with INSEAD and there were people from Bain coming and helping students to work on the project um, within one day providing the feedback. So. I would love to. Uh, I have an opportunity actually to continue. This has been like a vain alarm. Unfortunately, uh, I didn't manage to do it last year, but I'd love to do it like this year. So, so that's another opportunity for me uh, to connect. And then I also um, I don't I don't do any like lectures or classes anymore at this point because, well, frankly, I think like again, COVID impacted quite a lot. But also the fact that I'm in Paris, I used to do it in Moscow before. But I'd really love to uh, to think how I can potentially continue like giving back and sharing my experience and more than just like with those people with whom I'm sharing it right now.
3: Thank you. And uh, to follow up on that, what do you think as a mentor, you get the most out of um, mentoring other people?
1: I think I get a different perspective, you know, because um, it's always interesting to to see, especially how younger people think. and for me it's it's a source of information for myself you know then i'm for instance when i'm managing people who are coming from a different generation and i understand a bit better like you know their thinking their even their attitudes work because again like i'm coming i'm i'm more like the millennials generation and we are used to working hard and um uh, you know like really like work means a lot like we, uh, we we, we were building our careers we work a lot to push a lot and now i see that the younger generation they think about this differently they're more balanced they are trying to to find this um let's say balance between their personal and professional life but at the same time like achieving results in a different way not just through their hard work you know and but maybe sometimes like being smarter or like, you know, so, so it's like really different um, in a way. And also like the openness to the world is much more like, you know, with all these podcasts, YouTube channels, like social media, etc. Um, I'm I'm personally not that great at that. I'm like I'm not spending a lot of time on on doing these things. And then I see like I don't know, even like kids of, of some of my friends. <laughs> Starting to become bloggers at like at the age of twelve and thirteen years old, you know, it's it's like very different. So I think it it really gives you a different perspective, and then you can also learn about some some tools that you didn't know, like some cool features, apps, etc. That's another that's another interesting thing about this.
3: Yeah, that yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And you said that you know young people today, like um, of you know younger generations, they're more focused on results. And you know, having a balance as opposed to just working really, really hard. Mm-hmm. How do you think that's going to reflect in the workplace in the years to come?
1: Well, there will be more flexibility. I think already with COVID, there, it's, it's quite clear that we're probably not going to pursue exactly the same way as we did. And at the same time, I think it's from the talent perspective, I mean, it's also going to be much harder for the organizations, like because if they don't provide this flexibility and if they don't respect there's different feelings and different opinions in, in younger generation, it will be very hard to get the talents that you want. So so that's that's my strong mm. belief that, you know, like the, the level of flexibility will be so much higher.
3: Right. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And yeah, we can already see that with a lot of companies offering like full remote or like full flexible uh, work options. So yeah, that makes a lot
1: Absolutely. of sense absolutely i mean and it's not only like about the remote work but it's also about the style of working you know to to the extent and the way the teams are organized you know like in a more agile way as opposed to like this hierarchical like structures that's you know like we had in the past i think it's it's going to be really different like the level of involvement of people also like from the very beginning when they start working for the company i think that might become higher as well and uh and hopefully transparency, you know, like um, from the information flow perspective, because I think this is also what the younger generation is striving for. Like, I mean, if you even if you look at the, at the market overall, like people now, there's so much looking for transparency in like ingredients in, in, in like they want to know how like, they were sourced, how the production is organized, you know, like the level of transparency that people are seeking right now in every single area of power life is so much higher.
3: Absolutely. And I also feel like, you know, because of this, the amount of trust in the workplace would improve as well. Because when you have a team that's working from everywhere, being fully flexible, like managers and leaders need to be able to believe that, yeah, their team is doing what they committed to do.
1: Absolutely. I mean, like it's trust and empowerment, and it's really looking at people as they're capable of doing things as opposed to believing that, you know, you have to manage them strictly to to get the results
3: absolutely thank you
0: okay thank you so it's for our last question like what's your advice for people who just started their career for the young profession
1: my advice would be you know when you just start things you have an opportunity to try different things and actually it's not necessarily that you will need to Start in something and continue just in this area, or just in this company, or just in this country. So be really open to try things and use this first years of your career actually to to have a proper understanding of you what you want. Because sometimes we're so much pressured by uh, you know like either family or I don't know like friends and or like society. Again, like it's it's this pressure is getting less now, and I think it's it's like also quite a difference compared to, you know, than I, than I was a student at the moment. But um, Because back then, you know, in Russia, there were certain jobs which were popular and people were saying like, yeah, OK, you're going to get money there, so you should you should pursue this career if you want to be successful, if you want to earn money, et cetera, et cetera. But now I, I don't again like I don't think it's the case because there are so many jobs which uh, were not in the, even in the radar like many, many years ago, which just appears and people try and, and learn. And I think what's really important is actually to try, learn, see how it works for you. And if it doesn't work for you, change, you know, don't, don't force yourself to do something that you don't like, but once you found something that you like, I mean, this is the moment where you actually need to invest yourself into this. But if you're investing yourself into something which you really enjoy, and it actually also brings you pleasure and that creates this balanced, you know, life for you to, to the extent, and then. I think another important point that I would mention is that don't hesitate to reach out to people around you and talk about your aspirations, you know, because this is how you actually find people who will support you, who will help you. And and sometimes all these different things like come in unexpectedly, you know, to the extent if you open to share this with, with other people around you. Whether it's within the company, whether it's your friends, whether the people that you meet, but if you just start talking about like those things which are interesting for you, that actually creates an enormous amount of opportunities for yourself.
0: That's really inspiring. Thank you so much for sharing with us. And also thank you so much for coming to our podcast and share your personal experience and also your professional experience with
1: our audience. That's really helpful. You're very welcome, and happy if it will be uh, helpful for people, and uh, you know, inspire them a bit to uh, to pursue their dreams as well, and from the career perspective.